0: It's the, dictionary. It's, the dictionary. it's 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 the dictionary. Hello, word nerds. Welcome to the dictionary. My name is Spencer and I am your host. You can listen to this podcast on many podcast platform places. And also, you can watch this on YouTube so you can see what's going on. I think it adds another level of totally fun stuff okay i am quite tired my sleep has not been great the last week or so probably because i've been working on a secret project for my parents for their 50th anniversary uh this episode is airing way later than than their anniversary uh because i'm recording this on january 3rd 707 a.m 2024 um and uh yeah the This project is getting into my brain and and messing up my sleep and there's songs in it. And uh, these songs are just constantly in my head. I can't get them out of my head. But hopefully, maybe a week or two after their 50th anniversary, which is this Saturday, I will be able to slowly (laughs) go back to some normalcy. Okay, let's get into the words. Today, the first word is epigenesis. E-P-I-G-E-N-E-S-I-S. It's a noun from 1798. One, development of a plant or animal. Oh, this is a long definition. Development of a plant or animal from an egg or spore through a series of processes in which unorganized cell Masses differentiate into organs and organ systems. Also, the theory that plant and animal development proceeds in this way. Compare to the number two definition for the word preformation. Or maybe it's just preformation. Preformation sounds right. So, yeah, it's just about the creation of a thing. It's the the genesis. The genesis is the beginning of it, the creation of it. Um, There's a sport through a series of processes in which unorganized cell masses differentiate into organs and organ systems. Yeah, what that's saying is that when, you know, you, you were a human, when you were created, you were combined. You, you, you they took, they took a sperm and an egg and they combined them. And as that new cell divided Eventually, these unorganized cell masses slowly became, uh, one became the, the brain, one area became the heart, one area became all these other parts of your body. And so that's the epigenesis. Uh, the theory that plant and animal development proceeds in this way, it says it's a theory. Basically, what when when a theory is in science is something that has been proven by experimentation over and over again. Uh, and so, uh, it's that this is the way that those things happen. And pre-formation, I'm curious to see what that says in the peas. Um, but yeah, the the word—it's right there in the word. It's the formation before before the thing is done. It's the it's the, it's getting ready. The pre-formation. Okay, number two for epigenesis, change in the mineral character of a rock owing to outside influences. So this is when a rock's mineral characteristics change because of things that are outside of the rock. Like, I don't know, the first things I think of are like wind and water and fire and... But I, I don't know, Maybe maybe there's other sort of chemical things that change the mineral composition of a rock? Hmm uh there there's no specific etymology i don't exactly know how the epi prefix is being used here um but uh well yeah that's it that's all i gotta say about that one all right i need to make a sound effect we're gonna go boom 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 the next word is epigenetic epigenetic adjective from 1883 1a of, relating to, or produced by the chain of developmental processes in epigenesis that lead from genotype to phenotype after the initial action of the genes. Mm, I don't know enough about genotype and phenotype, which is spelled with a PH, by the way. Mm, I don't know enough about those to know exactly what this is saying related to the produced by the chain of developmental processes and epigenesis that lead from genotype to phenotype after the initial action of the genes. I think that's what it's saying, is that after the genes have done their work to say how these cells need to be formed, because that's kind of how, that's that's why you are the way you are, because of your genes. Your genes are, are it's the blueprint for what your body will become. Um... And, uh, and then after that, it goes from genotype to phenotype. Uh, yeah, the genotype is maybe the type of something, something, something. Go, go learn more about those. I think that would be useful. 1B. Relating to being or involving changes in gene function that do not involve changes in DNA sequences, as in, epigenetic inheritance i need to break this down again a little bit more relating to being or involving changes in gene function but do not involve changes in dna sequence yeah i don't know enough about this also i'm tired and it's early and my brain is not all here but I, i just don't understand the specifics of this epigenetic inheritance when you're inheriting, you get these genes from your parents. You get one half from one parent, one half from the other parent. For now, science might change that. Um, and uh, yeah, gee, fuck, something. The DNA sequence isn't being changed. That's also your blueprint. But how are the the DNA and the genes are the different? Is the D, the DNA is in the genes, and these are the genes spelled G-E-N-E, not the blue jeans that many people wear. Number two for epigenetic, or just epigenetic, this is talking about a deposit or structure, and it is formed after the laying down of the enclosing rock. So the rock is laid down after probably millions of years, and it's talking about formed after the laying down. What? I need a context. Context. Let's, let's look up, uh, if I could find my cursor, epigenetic rock? Something that is formed. Well, no, that's epigenesis. Epigenetic. I don't know. Uh, well, I guess I could also look up a deposit instead of rock. Yeah, so so the way that like rocks are formed is that all this stuff and things are they land on the ground over millions and millions of years and they get pushed down by the pressure and flattened and then they become rock. The epigenetic mineral deposits are formed later, after the enclosing or host rocks have been formed in filled or open fissures in the country rocks, and such ore bodies are called lodes or veins. So the rock is down, but maybe there's like these holes or these uh, pathways, and then these other things, these minerals can be formed after there's already the rock, and then the mineral takes hold and gets in there, and that's that's epigenetic uh, deposits. Okay, epigenetically is an adverb. Boom, boom, boom. Next is epigenetics, noun from 1942. The study of a heritable changes. There's no a there. The study of heritable changes in gene function that do not involve changes in DNA sequence. Yeah, still not entirely sure why one thing's changing and the DNA isn't. Um, but heritable. These are changes. Heritable means you are you are getting them from your parents from your from their genes. Uh, you have inherited them. They're not giving them to you on a platter. They're giving them to you through their, their cells. Um, this, your, this is the study of uh, genes and uh, how you inherit them and how that changes your body or something. Epigenetics. Boop, 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 boop. Next is epiglottal. Epiglottal. E P I G L O T T. A-L. Uh, by the way, just real quick, I want to go back to these last few words. I think it's interesting that they're related to genes, uh, epigenesis, epigenetic, and also rocks. And I don't know really why, how we got both of those, but uh, somehow they both deal with those things. Uh, epiglottal or epiglottic. Uh, this is an adjective from 1926 of relating to or produced With the aid of the epiglottis, which is epiglottis. Noun from the 15th century. This is a thin plate of flexible cartilage in front of the glottis that folds back over and protects the glottis during swallowing. Okay, so I think, ha, it's in the back of the mouth. Ah, ah, ah. so now I need to look up a picture of, well, first, just what's the glottis? We need to look up the glottis. It's the part of the larynx consisting of the vocal cords and the opening between them. It affects voice modulation through expansion or contraction. Let's look at these images. So, okay, maybe this is not something that we can see in the back of our mouth. You got to go down the throat a bit to see the vocal cords, the larynx. Uh, yeah, this is this is a bit, this is like, um, if, if you're looking at the video, it's like in this area right here, according to these photos that I'm seeing. Yeah, probably like right there, give or take. Uh, that's this whole like larynx area. And so the glottis is part of that, and then the epiglottis says that it's, a thin plate of flexible cartilage. So like your nose, your nose is cartilage, your ears are cartilage. It's probably similar to this. It's cartilage, it's not bone. So it's a thin, it's hard but thin, probably flexible um, in front of the glottis. So I would assume that's above, closer to your mouth. And uh, what does it do? Where is it, it protects the glottis during swallowing. Ah, so when you swallow, gulp this epiglottis gets in the way and so you're the whatever you're swallowing doesn't go into your larynx it's going to go down your uh what's the, the esophagus that's that what's that's called yeah uh let's see i'm seeing some pictures oh this this is a picture of the epiglottis that's you can see behind the person's tongue you can see it i don't know if that's supposed to happen is it um Oh, this is so interesting. Yeah, okay, so this this is... Mm, I wonder if you can, like, stick it up into up there. But again, if we look at the side view... Oh, I got to move my hands around so you can see I'm doing this all backwards. It's a like a hard... Uh, it's kind of like a plate, and it's angled... I should match the... I think it's angled this... No, this way. This way. And so when you swallow... It uh, it goes into place to cover the uh, the larynx, the glottis. Otherwise, it might be like that. And then, yeah, you got to look at the video for this. And so, it probably moves when you swallow. Mm-hmm. There, the epiglottis just moved into position. And I, d- I don't ever want my epiglottis to to not work correctly. Ooh, yeah, you should go look at these pictures if you're interested. Some of them are diagrams. They're just drawings. Those are the more interesting ones. Uh, to see how this is all functioning. Uh, but then there's a lot of, like, photos down the throat, so some of you might not be interested in those. Okay, epiglottis. I'm glad that I learned about that. Boom, boom, boom. Gulp. Okay, next is epigone. No, it's epigone. Epigone. E-P-I-G-O-N-E. And I would want to pronounce this epigone, because that's how it's spelled, but no, it's epigone, noun from 1865. The synonyms are follower and disciple, Um, and then also an inferior imitator, an inferior imitator. So if you're imitating somebody, but just so crappily, that's the terrible imitation. Who can I imitate crappily? Oh, probably lots of people. Uh, I don't know. This is, I can't think of anybody. Uh, old. I think of old people. I don't know why. Uh, yeah. Okay. So an epigone is a follower or disciple or an imitator, but they're inferior. Um, and uh, so epigonic or ep epigonus. Uh, those are adjectives. Um, epigonism. That is a noun. And the etymology, this is where we're going to dig into this more. Um, oh, no, so, sorry, I think I, I think because my brain is tired, I did mispronounce this. It is epigone. Uh, it's not epigone. I got confused by something. So, yes, it's just epigone. But it is gone, because it's a long O. Uh, so, this is from the Latin epigonus, epigonus. Uh, which means successor. So that's the one who's taken the place of the one when they're done. Uh, That's from the uh, the Greek epigonos, which is from epigignestai, which means to be born after. So you could say that I would be the epigone to my parents because I am taking over their place in the world. I was born after them. I am inferior to them um let's see then that's the epi plus gignesthai, which means to be born so the epi prefix in this context makes it after to be born after um and there's more at the word kin k-i-n but f- yeah follower disciple so i mean follower makes sense because you're following them you're after them but disciple brings it into a whole other thing, like, oh, I I follow you. I you you are my my guru, my cult leader, my savior, my whatever. Uh, and so that's that takes it into a whole other world, which is probably where this gets used more often. Epigone, yeah, I never heard of this one. Interesting. Um, are you all my my epigones because you are following this podcast? Next is uh, well uh, epigonus E P-I-G O-N-U-S. Now the the epigonus in the previous word, the adjective form of epigone is spelled E-P-I-G-O-N-O-U-S. This one is E P-I-G-O-N-U-S. A bit simpler. Noun from 1922. this synonym is just epigone. It's the same thing. Um, epigonus. Now I would all epigone, you could say epigonus, but it doesn't really say that here. Epigonus. Yeah, that's how you say it. So this is not the, uh, this is not the adjective form of epigone. It's just another noun. same word. Uh, but it is usually used in plural so, The plural of epigonus is epigoni or epigone. So that's when you're using this form of it. Epigone would be the singular. That's probably the one that's used more when you're talking about a singular follower or disciple. And then when you're talking about a bunch of them, you pluralize it to epigone or epigone. But what's interesting is that the word epigone doesn't actually show what the plural is. I would think it would be ep, 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 epigones, but it doesn't even say that there's a plural exists. So I guess it's this one, epigoni or epigony. Okay. Boom, boom, boom. Next is epigram. This is a noun from the, th- the 15th century. One, a concise poem dealing pointedly and often satirically with a single thought or event, and often ending with an ingenious turn of thought. Hmm, an epigram. Okay, a short poem, uh, concise. It's maybe uh, funny, satirical. It's uh, making some comment on something, and, uh, and then it has a turn of thought, an ingenious turn of thought. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I should put a, an example of an epigram in uh in the show notes so you can uh you can read an example of one of these. I would like to read an example of one of these. Number two, a terse, sage, or witty and often paradoxical saying. Oh, I I definitely need an example of one of these. Um so it's a quick little saying, uh witty. I like witty. And what were the other words? Uh, Terse, sage, or witty, and paradoxical. Yeah, so that means it's like, well, how can these two things exist at the same time? Oh, looks like Oscar Wilde has a bunch. Um, I like men who have a future and women who have a past. Ooh, that's interesting. Hmm. He also said, uh, we live in an age... When unnecessary things are our only necessities. ho! Oh, what? What? Unnecessary things are our only necessities. Ooh, that's a definitely an interesting statement these days. Let's, uh, let's read another one. This is fun. An idea that is not dangerous is unworthy of being called an idea at all. Oh, Oscar Wilde, the master of the epigram. Okay, let's move on. That was a fun little jaunt. Number three, epigrammatic expression. That is an epigram, is an epigrammatic expression. And we're going to see epigrammatic real quick. Um, Epigrammatism. Epigrammatism, that's a noun. Epigrammatist is also a noun. Oscar Wilde would be an epigrammatist. I wish I were smart enough to be an epigrammatist. This word is from uh, Greek epigraphine, which means to write on or inscribe, which is uh, from epi plus graphene, which means to write. And there's more at the word carve. So you're just, that's all it is. It's just writing a thing on a thing and it's an epigram. You would write an epigram on a thing so it's, an, I mean, you write lots of things on things. We don't call them epigram. Why did this one become epigram? Hmm. Maybe because it's short? It's easy to write it on a thing. Hmm. Boom, 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 boom. Epigrammatic is next. Adjective from 1694. Oh, got to check if we're recording. Whew, Whew. good thing. Uh, Okay, number one for epigrammatic. Of relating to or resembling an epigram. Two, marked by... Or given to the use of epigrams. So I guess uh, Oscar Wilde would be, not only would he be an epigrammatist, but he would also be epigrammatic because he is, uh, where was it? He's marked by uh, using epigrams. Or uh, he's given to the use of epigrams. He likes epigrams. Let's show, is is there another good epigram? Who is this? James S.A. Corey said once is never twice is always and i don't understand what that means there's a lot of a lot of also <sighs> i'm so tired there's a lot from mokokoma mokohonowana which i as- might be hawaiian let's find there was one up let's let's find a short one oh also frank herbert who wrote dune said knowing where the trap is that's the first step in invading it in evading it uh let's see Mokohoma said some people avoid thinking deeply in public only because they are afraid of coming across as suicidal okay that took a turn all right uh let's see we did epigrammatic epigrammatically is an adverb So now we got to go on to epigrammatize. Verb from 1691 starting with transitive. One, to express in the form of an epigram. So if you are just expressing yourself, but you are doing it in the form of an epigram, you say some witty paradoxical quote, then you would be epigrammatizing. Two, to make an epigram about. So if you were to make an epigram about a bowl, because I have a bowl sitting there, a a food bowl, a cereal bowl. I'm going to put my lunch in it. Uh, Then you would be epigrammatizing the bowl. I don't know what you can... What sort of epigram can you say about a bowl? Once a bowl, never a bowl. Okay, so those were transitive... Intransitive is to make an epigram. That's it. Epigrammatizer is a noun. Epigraph is next. And of course there's a PH at the end. Noun from 1624. One. An engraved inscription well. This looks pretty related to the etymology for epigram, because that was all about writing on a thing, carving it maybe even, possibly. And so an engraved inscription is an epigraph. Um, I guess, uh, unlike on a headstone, a tombstone, those would probably be epigraphs, although I think they have another name too. Number two is a quotation set at the beginning of a literary work or one of its divisions, to suggest its theme. And yeah, sometimes when you're reading a book, uh, maybe at the beginning of a part or the beginning of a chapter, you might see a little quote, a little phrase, a little something, and, and it's, 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 the, uh, it's the appetizer to that section. It's supposed to give you a bit of a feeling, an emotion, uh, the theme of what that, that section is going to be about. And so that would be an epigraph not literally carved into the book, but it evolved from carving into a thing, engraved inscription into this other kind of inscription. Uh, let's see. I think that was it for epigraph. So now we got... Bum, bum, bum. Epigrapher. No, and you would pronounce this one epigrapher. Epigrapher. I like epigrapher. Noun from 1887. The synonym is... epigraphist, which is coming up. But first we must say the word epigraphic. Epigraphic or epigraphical because it is an adjective from 1858 of or relating to epigraphs or uh, epigraphy. I think it's epigraphy. Uh, Relating to epigraphs or epigraphy relating to these uh, engraved inscriptions or a, a quote at the beginning of a chapter that would be epigraphic. And epigraphically is an adverb. And now here we have... Bum, 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 bum. Epi, epigraphist. I keep on mis, misdoing the emphasis. Epigraphist. Uh, same as epigrapher. It is a noun from circa 1864. It is a specialist in epigraphy. They're specialists. How do you become a specialist? Can you imagine your job all day, every day? You're just writing epigraphs, studying them, reading them, figuring out why. That's a specialty job. Uh, it's probably more of a hobby. Uh, so we have uh, one more word related to this right before our last word. It is epigraphy. And I can't stop hearing the word pig in there. Epigraphy, epigraphist, epigrapher. Okay, epigraphy is a noun from 1851. One, the synonyms are epigraphs and also inscriptions. So all of those things, those are just um, epigraphy. Two, the study of inscriptions, but especially the deciphering. This is where the epigraphist. This is this is their their uh their what's the word I'm looking for? This is the the bulk of their job. Their ah, there's a phrase that I can't think of. Um, yeah, this is this is where their the all the all the money and the glory is. In the epigraphist job, this is especially the deciphering of ancient inscriptions. Oh, like the um, the rock, the, uh, the the that rock that's got all the the languages inscribed in there, or you know hieroglyphics and those types of things. I think those would be considered ancient inscriptions. They've been engraved. They are epigraphs. Epigraphy studied by an epigraphist. Okay. One more word for this episode. Boom, 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 boom. Boom, boom. boom. It is a Epiginous. E-P-I-G-Y-N-O-U-S. Adjective from 1830. Number one is talking about a floral organ. Or as I like to say, a florgan. Adnate to the surface of the ovary and appearing... To grow from the top of it. This is... We're talking... Yes, yeah, it's, it's an organ and a flower. It's a floral organ, a florgan. pigeonous. Okay, number two is having epigenous floral organs. So if some plant has epigenous floral organs, they would be epigenous. Apigeny is a noun. Um, there's no etymology, so it's time to pick a word of the episode. We had... Epigenesis, epigenetic, epigenetics, epiglottal, epiglottis, epigone, epigonus, yep, epigonus, epigram, epigrammatic, epigrammatize, epigraph, epigra- epigrapher, epigraphic, epigraphist, epigraphy, and epigenus. Whoo! Well I'm gonna pick um well I, I did like learning about the Epiglottis. Fascinating piece of piece of cartilage all up in this throat area. Uh but I'm going to pick Epigram as the word of the episode because I find them I find them fascinating and interesting. Um here's a short one. Some people will hate you for not loving them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um <laughs> Okay, here's one. <laughs> I'm going to sing this one cuz I got to get a song in here somehow. Here's an epigram from Stephen King. A broken spoon may become a fork. Not entirely sure how, but you can think about that one. A broken spoon may become a fork. Oh man, if I could if I could come up with some good epigrams, that would be great. Let's do one more cuz these are fun. The good ended happily and the bad unhappily. That is what fiction means. That's another one from Oscar Wilde. Okay, that's the end of the word episode. The part of the words where I say the words and I'm going to say some more words when I talk about movies. Uh, I'm, i just got to read a bunch of them to try and get caught up, uh, give or take. Okay, I rewatched Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Uh, I watched this one this is the second time I'd seen it. Luckily, the first time was in the theater where it should be watched. This time was on my phone on a plane. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's just it's just such a good movie. So pretty, so fun. Uh, I, then I watched The Flash on my phone on a plane. Uh, yeah, fun movie, time travel, DC, multiverse, cool, cool stuff. Uh, and then I watched, uh, this was another rewatch the, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. Again, I watched this on my phone on a plane. Not where it's meant to be watched, but I had seen it in the theater. Another just f- great use of cool designs. Kind of feels like stop motion. Um, takes the, the Turtles world into another area, but still has all of this nostalgia that we love. Uh, great voices. Fantastic. Uh, let's see. The Lodge. A horror movie with some really cool weird miniatures and uh that's all i'm gonna say about that one uh dream scenario or scenario with Nicolas cage uh supposedly this is based on a true story but the true story is actually a made-up story so it's not really based on anything for real uh but yeah a cool weird fun movie about some just totally impossible situation Okay, that's the end of this episode. Thank you very much for listening and watching. And this is Spencer Dispensing Information. Bye.